Welcome to Tavern Talk. Okay, hey there everybody, this is Matt, aka Baybreeze from the Lightness Assist campaign, and I'm with my DM, Ben. Say hi, Ben. Hey, everyone. Um, we're just kind of going over a little pre-level up. Um, we're going to have our Lightness Assist recording in a matter of a couple days, and since we're kind of, we already had a full um, story-based encounter and we had one battle, um, we're kind of in the midway of leveling up, so I figured it might just be good for me to level up with my DM, kind of talk about some things, and, um, you know, see what goes from there. Um, so, Ben, uh, I'm a gnome rogue, and as far as I can tell so far, um, gnomes don't level up, like, just a race does not level up, is that right? That's correct. Just our class. Okay. Um, uh, so that's the same like it is in, in, uh... Pathfinder, um, so that's nice. And uh, with the rogue, it looks like leveling up here is a lot simpler than Pathfinder might be. Well, at least with Chogger because he's a uh, spellcaster. So I'm not really figuring out spells with this guy. I'm just kind of um, leveling up the way that it wants me to. Sounds uh, good. Okay, so I'm on the uh, PHB page 94 is where the rogue is. Um, and on page 95, it looks like uh, for the hit die, it's 1d8 per rogue level. Um, so I'm just going to roll my die to increase my HP. Sounds good. Yep. All right. Uh, so I rolled an 8. That's a natural 8, everybody. Uh, don't freak out, Ben. If you want me to get my camera, I can show you. No, um, okay. And I do have uh, one modifier in my constitution. I have a 12 constitution. So that's a total of nine more HP, right? That's correct. All right, perfect. So I now have a total of uh, 18 HP, and I'm actually using um, uh, Google Drive for all of this. So I like having the pre-made uh, character sheets. I know Ben and um, Reed, you guys like having the actual D&D sheets, right? That's correct, yeah. Just fun to have it on paper. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like to print mine out, but it's always I, I like the formulas. It just makes it so much easier for me. These guys know a little bit uh, more about that. Um, so I see that the HP goes up. Um, I don't see any the proficiency bonus continues to stay at two. Yeah. So just just to like uh, chime in. So page fifteen talks about leveling up. It's mm -hmm. about five paragraphs here. And the only thing it tells you to do is roll your hit dice and add your con. And then everything else is just whatever your class tells you to do. Okay. So it is really that simple. We go to second level. We look at the proficiency bonus, which stays the same. We see sneak attack bonus is still 1d6. And then uh, we get to get to features. And you'll be able to read your, your new feature that you'll have at second level here. Okay. So, um, so my second level feature is cunning action. And, on page, and we're flipping back to page 96. It says that starting at second level, your quick thinking and agility allow you to move and act quickly. You can take a bonus action on each of your turns in combat. This action can be used only to take the dash, dash disengage, or hide action. Um, so that's actually pretty cool for me because we were talking about um, how in battle before, with without having the five foot step, it's kind of difficult to stay at that range action. So. At this point, it looks like I might be able to kind of, if I start next to a creature, I can stab it a lot, and then I can run away, right? 
Um, yeah, you'll be able to disengage to run away. Uh, I think that you're definitely on the right track with that too because part of the discussion was we have all these cool actions, but when are we going to use them? And just the very fact that you have a bonus action now, it's like, well, why not You know, get the chance to hide or oh, I'll dash across to the next enemy and kill them. You know what I mean? Like if you fell someone. And um, yeah, obviously disengage will allow you to run up and attack. And if you've got movement left, disengage out of combat. But it's all going to be based on, it looks like since it's dash and disengage, based on how much movement you have. Mm -hmm. So that'll be interesting to see in combat, to see if you actually have enough movement to make it worthwhile. Or if you're just doing it for like five feet, which isn't worth it anyway. Well, now here's a question for you. Would... My, my total character speed is 25. So does this mean that as my bonus action, would I be able to, um, well, since you can, you, all right, let's say, we'll say it like this. You can break up your movement. So I have 25 foot of movement with my normal move action, right? Yep. Um, so does this act as a 50 foot to double my speed or is this included in my total speed for the turn? Yeah, it's the total speed for the turn. So your bonus uh, action doesn't grant you any more movement. Okay, so, I mean, it'd kind of be cool if I was, you know, like five foot off of a creature. I could kind of, like, run through, stab it, and then get away from it. But it's not exactly as useful as being able to sprint across the field, stab a guy, and then sprint back behind my friends who are a little bit less squishy than a rogue. So... Actually, if we think about it, we can do a lot with this. Uh, just, just hearing you say that, we're looking at everything backwards. So now you can actually dash your 50 feet to get into combat or get to the enemy you want to get to and be able to attack. When before, you could only move 25 feet. So that's your dash right there. If we did it before an attack, mm -hmm. it would make a lot of sense and, and offer a lot of abilities for you. And then remember with Disengage, we talked about, um, I think it was last episode, about how once you select disengage, you don't incur any attacks of opportunity, I believe. So um, you'll be able to really just weave through enemies on the same turn. So we've got four guys in a row. You want to attack the third guy from the back. They're all standing around each other. You can literally just walk up to the third guy in the back using disengage as your bonus action and then take your attack action, which is still available compared to a normal character whose only action would have been disengaged that round. So I'd be really good if I managed to somehow be able to um, attack like maybe a spellcaster that might be behind an enemy yeah. line. Um, I know that uh, back in one of our old campaigns we had a necromancer that raised dead of a couple skeletons. Um, so that would be awesome if I could just like run past, you know, or like even with the wolves, say that we all spawned back in the barn, I'd be able to have uh, run past the wolves and have gone to attack the uh, commoner uh, in the back, yeah. or the guy's son. So yeah, I'm interested to see how it plays out. It seems like uh, that's that's got way more movement than when, than I ever had in Pathfinder, especially at second level. So yeah, well that'd be very nice considering that um you know I am a small character and I think every other, everyone else has 30 feet. So um or is it or do other classes have 40 feet that we play with? No, 30 30 is still the common speed in fifth edition. And that was the same for 3.5 and Pathfinder. Okay, okay. Because I remember um, I used to wear that heavy armor um, in most campaigns, so I'd always be limited to my speed. So I was always, uh, I was always wondering, like, you know, what the norm is. I never really say the norm. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always based on your race, not your class. And um, I believe even in fifth edition, 
Uh, I'm looking at it right now on uh, in, in the equipment section for 144 and the 145. Okay. Um, it no longer affects your movement at all. So you could wear, yeah, you, you, I'm pretty sure you can still wear heavy armor and medium armor, and it no longer affects how fast you move from everything I see right here. So you uh, are definitely in a new world if you do decide to play a character with armor in the future. Oh my gosh, I wish I knew that. Things would be so much different. I guess now I have to play Babries, but that'll be okay. Maybe for next time. No, it's actually really fantastic. I never uh, I never even took the time to notice that. There's so many little things in 5th edition that are different. Um, so, alright, so let's get back to leveling up. Uh, maybe we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, so at this point, I just said that we have the new... Uh, the proficiency bonus did not go up. Um, just have my hit dice increase, and I got that new, um, that new, not character trait, what's it called? Cunning action, and it's a class feature. Class feature, thank you very much. So, now with all of that, do I get an additional skill bonus? Uh, I know that before, um, in Pathfinder, we would have so many skill bonus, like, you know, with your intelligence per level and everything. Does this go up in the same way? Uh, your proficiency is the only application to skills for your character moving on for the rest of his 20 to 50 levels. So, no, you'll never change aside from class features that give you bonuses, or if you choose to select later a um, optional, you know, variant role of a feat, some of those feats may offer some sort of skill bonuses, but I'm not sure yet, but yeah. So that's definitely another part of leveling up that's been removed in 5e, the whole entire, you know, adding skill ranks. Oh wow, so that's actually, that kind of excites me and kind of scares me at the same time, because we've had some, um, you know, back, back when we were doing um, skill checks and skill challenges, um, rolling a 20 at 5th level didn't exactly seem that hard for most people, um, but now in this, it looks like rolling a 20 to rolling a 22 might be very difficult from level 1 to level 10, at least. Yeah, and, and i got to pick on you. We mean hitting a 20 or 22 DC. Because yes. uh, rolling a 20 is always hard, but... Nah, nah, that's easy for most of us. <laughs> uh, but yes, I did, mean, I did mean DC. Thank you for correcting me. No problem. Okay. Um, well, I, I had thought about that, too, and it's almost like off the bat... Um, I, I do know from like reading through the DMG and stuff, they want you to stick to the basic rules for DCs when you're DMing and making skill challenges and stuff. So, like, basic rules are, like, a 10 should be able to be hit, a 15 should be, like, a normal difficulty, I think an 18 is, like, a higher than average difficulty, and then you've got, like, 20, which is, like, a pretty high difficulty, and then you've got, like, 25, which is really high. So, um, when it comes down to it, at base, like, at first level, you were already getting at least, I think, plus 5 to the skills that you were proficient with. Um, um, yeah, I had acrobats at plus 6, deception at plus 4. Investigation at plus five and stealth at plus six. Yeah, so they're all around plus five, but it sounds like a few of them are at plus six. And um, you know, uh, if it's a D twenty plus six, at I guess you keep plus two proficiency until fourth level. Uh, um, correct. Yeah, it, it, you should be able to get by most things. I don't know. I, I guess you're. I, I wonder how the um how the thief how the rogue ends up opening up that DC 20 lock before he reaches 10th level or 9th level is something at plus 4 well, so that, that, well, that'll be interesting sure well actually um, I've noticed that the thieves tools uh, I have a proficiency with my skills uh, just because of like being a rogue 
um, I get a plus two. I get well, I get a two times proficiency bonus. So right now it's an additional two to opening locks and disarming traps. So I guess that would be a would that be a sleight of hand check normally? Um, no, it would be a disabled device check. Well, there is the... there's no disabled device check in this from my skill I... list. Gotcha. So the real question then. Um... Let me. I guess if sleight of hand is the only thing related, luckily they they have descriptors for us for all of the skills, which um, we we may end up having to refer to. I couldn't see it being sleight of hand, but if that's what they decide they want to do, I guess they can. So um, I'm right here at the checks. We might as well just like put the matter to bed. Sure. For dexterity checks, sleight of hands is um, any attempt or act to be trickery or be tricky and then there's like a hard word I don't know I think it's like ledger domain you can look at it on page 177 okay um and it looks like if we go down to other dexterity checks which is separate from stealth sleight of hand and acrobatics that's when we get to things like picking a lock so Uh... that actually makes a lot of sense and I forgot remember that they moved everything over to um core ability score based skills Everything separated now by your ability score modifiers. Gotcha. Um, which your digital character sheet does not show well at all. It has just mods on the side, which looks very similar to Pathfinder. But when we look at the new 5e sheet, everything is like actually blocked out. You've got strength by themselves, you've got dexterity by themselves, you've got constitution by itself, intelligence, wisdom, etc. So, um, yeah, it's now just considered a dexterity check, period, which means add your dex, add your proficiency bonus, and if you've got something like Thieves' Tools, add the bonus from that. Okay, so since my, so I guess that since uh, my dex is 18, so my original, so my base uh, stat would be a 4 modifier, um, plus the 2 with the Thieves' Tools, and do I get proficiency with that, or is that a DM call? I'm pretty sure rogues probably have in their class description proficiency um, to, you know, disable, or I, I'm guessing to undo locks. It should be as simple as, um, you know, like, underneath the thieves' tools saying, whenever you try to undo a lock, then this is what happens. But uh, I haven't had the chance to read through the classes at that level. Like, I've read through them at least once, but right. memorizing each of them is the hard part. But yeah, uh, I think I think it's simple, and I'd rather just assume that everything is simple than assume it's complicated. Because in the past, that's been true so far with Five E. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, um, if if it makes sense, use that rule. If it doesn't make sense, don't use it. Is right in the front of the book. So. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Well, uh, just to clarify on that, uh, with the rogue, I have a class feature called expertise. And for listeners, I'm kind of like learning my character. Um, that's it's, it's this is very much a. Um, learning experience, especially for me, because I have not been uh, playing as long as Ben has. Um, so my class feature expertise on page 96, uh, for those following along at home, um, at first level, choose two of your skill proficiencies or one of your skill proficiencies and your proficiency with thieves tools. Your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check you make that uses either of the chosen proficiencies. At sixth level, you can choose two more of your proficiencies and skills or with thieves tools to gain this benefit. It looks like I took um, a double proficiency in acrobatics and deception. So that's actually listed underneath my um, tools and proficiencies. So I'm only getting the plus two with the thieves tools. And maybe at sixth level, I can take an additional expertise 
with Thieves Tools if I kind of feel that that's necessary. To double the proficiency. And then um, I found the ever-eluding, I think this is like a big confusion for a lot of people, um, there is a tool section that only takes up one whole page in the player's handbook. So, you know, in a 300-page book, it's on page 154. Mm-hmm. And that's where it actually gets to the bottom of what all these tools do. So it says here, checks to make disarm traps or open locks. So if you're disarming a track or opening locks, it's a dexterity check with these tools. So. Okay. Well, that sounds fantastic. And it says proficiency with these tools lets you add your proficiency bonus to any ability checks you make to disarm those traps or locks. So, yeah, so without them, you can't you just make a straight dexterity check it looks like no proficiency bonus okay so i would just get the plus two or so i just get the plus two right and and plus four from your deck so it would be plus six to open a lock okay and where am i getting the where am i getting the plus two from i feel like i i should sure well you just said it um thieves tool allows you to add your proficiency and your proficiency is plus two it's listed on underneath like your class underneath the level chart so that your proficiency bonus will be plus two until fifth level and then plus three until ninth level and if you gain expertise you'll be able to double that on certain skill checks oh actually um i think that i have that plus two incorrect um again this is just stuff i write down so like i I try to do things so that later on when i'm playing i don't have to remember all these rules um it says that uh, for tools on page 154, uh, continuing with that, uh, proficiency with the tool allows you to add your proficiency bonus to any ability check uh, made using that tool. Um, but it does not state anywhere that you gain any kind of bonus on there. And it looks like... I just want to double check the thief again. Um, so I don't get any type of bonus for having the thieves tools. Um... I guess, I guess you know what really confused me? On page 95 in the class features, um, under proficiencies, it's right under the hit points uh, section. Yeah, it's, it. yeah it says that tools, uh, thieves tools. So it kind of confuses me that I don't have, oh, so I automatically have proficiency with these because I'm proficient in that class feature and I could double that bonus with my expertise. Yep. So that makes 100% sense. Now I feel a lot better. I was very confused. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and once again, it, it, you're almost looking for things to be complicated where they're all just spelled out in like four lines. Like it, I think we can read four lines on, unfortunately, four different pages and know exactly how to do it. So there's no huge block of text. There's no math to do. It's just like, okay, this plus this plus this equals that. Okay, well, that seems... um relatively simple to level up your characters i'm surprised it's only taken about us about 15 minutes and that's us talking about a lot of things oh yeah yeah we we could have done it in two it's it's pretty impressive how streamlined it is it also is going to stop us all from you know stopping playing for a little bit and looking at our characters and figuring out what we're going to do and selecting feats and erasing a ton of things like one thing that definitely sucks with paper and pencil is your whole entire sheet gets gray you know, from all the eraser marks and everything by third level, and you can't read anything because every single level you're changing, like, uh, eight to ten different numbers on a character sheet in Pathfinder. Right. Where um, here we just change, we don't even change proficiency bonus this level, we just change HP, and we're adding the words cunning action. So <laughs> let's erase and enter one thing, and then add two words, and your character's leveled up. Yeah, um, that actually seems really simple. I'm very happy with that. So, 
if there's anything else you want to talk about, I mean, because I, I was just looking over a lot of this. I'm really looking forward to getting back to our Lightnesses campaign. Um, for us recording, it's been about, well, I would say, what, six weeks to two months? Has it really been that long? It's probably right. It's hard, uh, you know, with families and everyone's got their own schedules. We've got guys who've got to work on Saturdays sometimes. So, yeah, I think it's, it's been six weeks since we've actually gotten to play that. So that stinks, but... Yeah, well, it's nice that we're playing it again soon, and we're still looking to see, um, you know, if people want to hear Lightnessness more, um, Pumpkin Spice, we're talking about a lot of things about the upcoming recording schedule, uh, but so far, I mean, it seems that everybody in our group loves playing both of these campaigns, so... Uh, at this point, I mean, I really love going over my character background. I love uh, reading that still. Um, it kind of makes me feel more in touch with who I am versus uh, Chogger, who had a really good idea of what I wanted him to be. But in my mind's eye, I can see Chogger. But if I wanted to describe somebody, I want to describe Babies. I think he feels cooler. And if I was going to tell somebody about this uh, this pirate character I wanted to play, I'm like, yeah, I want to be like, I'm a seafaring pirate that's on land. And as weird as that sounds, you know, I feel like I could get away with that. So, I love him. I, I think he's a lot of fun. I think he's really unique. And, um, you know, the cool part about this campaign that I think has changed from a couple of the past campaigns that I've DM'd is when I'm writing the story, like, in between our play sessions, just to kind of keep things relevant, I'm looking at your characters and where they're at. And uh, I'm kind of looking at my notes of what you guys did and saying, you know, what would they want to do next instead of, you know, just putting forth options and hoping you guys pick one of them. So I, I think you'll be pretty excited on the next uh, next session. I'm throwing a few bones to uh, you and Morva, not to say anything more than that. Uh, you know, and, and typical Ben DM-wise, those bones are going to be thrown and maybe stolen by dogs or things like <laughs> that. So you, you might get upset, but it should, it should be good. Uh, it's okay. I'm actually looking forward to it a lot. Um, we still have a little bit of catching up with people in the town. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, all of our characters grow. And I love... Uh, oh, goodness. Let me look at my character notes. Um, what's Reed's character's name? It is... Quarian. I'm really looking forward to Quarian. Uh, I feel like he is just so... I'm not sure if it's me, but he feels like... Uh, like, he, he wants to be noble, but I feel like he can be very uh, backhanded when he was dealing with that cop. Um, I forget the cop's name, unfortunately. I didn't write it down. Uh, probably because I didn't. I never met the guy. So It's it's Travis Dorth, and, um, yeah, Reed, Reed is not happy with him for uh, being the official that he is. I, I, I think his character puts a strong eff- emphasis on, you know, your level of responsibility. And um, because of that, it'll be interesting to see what he does as a, as a noble born and uh, how responsible he is with his time and his powers. So far, like we, we've seen that he is less willing to take money for the group and try to reward you guys. But uh, I, I think it's going to lead to him smacking down some people who are abusing their power or abusing their place in society. So that, that's, that's always fun. Right. And you know what? I'm actually looking forward to seeing uh, how that might affect Bay Breeze. Um, I'm really not putting too much thought into this, but, you know, I feel like Bay Breeze is a very free spirit. Um, I think that the little things I like to throw in there, like uh, writing down the liquor on the uh, shipping manifest and just kind of like taking a book here and there. 
Um, I feel like that's very that's much more free spirited than um, Quarian is, and I'm looking to kind of see how that's gonna mesh, and maybe um, it might help me grow as a uh, maybe like a, a pirate leader. We'll see how that works. What are they call captains? That's that's what captains are on a ship. They're the pirate leaders. So yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm you know maybe like that might help me become like a better captain um, to go like you know meet my old crew. Or start one of my own, or maybe I might help him uh, get the stick out of the mud, and maybe he might, you know, start to enjoy the countryside and enjoy having a little bit more free spirited. So I'm really looking forward to just like that interaction between the characters. Um, a lot of times I feel like, you know, we we kind of wait for the DM to let the let the story go where he wants it to go, and I think that's where you're finding um, before. When you said that you know you'd throw out four bones or uh, you know, four paths and see what we took, um, I think at this point our characters are interacting a lot better than we normally do, and I'm looking forward to um, to seeing how you know they seeing how they interact like that. Yeah, uh, I like it. I, it's some of the greatest role playing I've seen from our group in a while. So that's that's what I'm here. For. Like that's that's what I love from D and D. The the battle is a lot of fun, but you kind of get stuck in like playing a video game mood. And the only thing that D&D gives you that video games can't is that really robust storytelling, like, shared experience. So if, if we have that, then we have D&D, and that's what I'm shooting for, and that's what I enjoy, so. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, great. Well, I'm looking forward to um, coming over this weekend and having a nice long session. Um, so, Ben, if you could just take us out for our readers, or if there's anything else you'd like to say, um, please finish up. Cool. Thank you, Matt. Um, so yeah, I am looking forward to level ups in 5e because I don't have to level up any characters and I shouldn't have to help many people level up because it's going to be nice and simple. And I hope that you will find the time to visit our website at pathlesspod.com. If you are also interested, leave us a review on iTunes. We need a certain amount of reviews before we even show up as a rated podcast and that helps us get found. So if you like it and you want people to find it and sharing the experience, uh, we'd really appreciate that. Another aspect of the podcast that you know we hope we'll have is a community where we can interact with you and share the experience with you. So this isn't just like some product that we're handing out, and you know, obviously it's free and everything like that. It's really supposed to be an experience, and that's one cool thing about podcasting, where instead of you know listening to a CD or listening to the radio, you can now interact with the material being presented and we really kind of want to interact with you like that's why we're not just recording this and storing it on a hard drive so uh, thank you for tuning into this episode thank you for matt for setting this up and we will see you all again this uh well i'm I'm gonna say this sunday because that's when we're recording and publishing but uh, we'll see you again next episode so thank you and have a good night thank you everyone have a good one